Hello, Slate Plus. We are so glad to be with you this week. And I am dying to talk about this article, which I found really interesting. Have smartphones destroyed a generation? Jean Twangy, the author's thesis is essentially that, yes, they have. And to just quickly describe what she's talking about, her thesis is that teenagers and kids are spending so much time on their smartphones that essentially they're not going places and doing things in real life. And that a lot of the face-to-face hanging out that defined adolescence for generations has now gotten channeled into phones. This is not all terrible. Teen pregnancy rates are down. Teen drug use is down. And you can, she has these amazing charts where you can see these dips. Basically, she uses 2007, the time at which more than 50% of Americans have smartphones as this dividing line. And you can really see what she's talking about. But the other charts that are much more dismaying have to do with rising rates of depression and anxiety. And I think a sense among kids that they go online, they see other kids doing things, they feel left out, and that that can be just really difficult and crippling for them, and especially for girls. The rates of um, depression, anxiety, and all of this sense of loneliness seems to be much higher among girls than among boys. So, Jamel, you are not the parent of a teenager, um, but you no. are more recently than us a teenager yourself. And I just wonder, you know, if this article resonated for you. It didn't. Um because I I'm 30, uh, so I was a I was a teenager basically for like you know the first half of the 2000s, and during that entire time, I a smartphones didn't exist yet. Um, and second, I I barely had a cell phone. Um, I only got a cell phone like my junior year of high school when I had a job. And in the article, I mean, the article discusses that teenagers these days are less likely to have jobs. I mean, in a lot of ways, my teenage years feel like just qualitatively different than those of a teenager today. Like social media uh, did not really exist in the same way. There's instant messenger, but that wasn't nearly the same thing because broadband internet access wasn't, wasn't ubiquitous. Like people just didn't spend all their time online. If I wanted to talk to a friend, I either went to their house or, you know, called them on the phone. Texting constantly wasn't, wasn't yet a thing. So the social landscape described in the piece just is like very foreign to me. So I agree. It's not like our, your growing up or mine right. either, even though we're different generations, but like, did it worry you that this is described, if this is describing a reality that a lot of kids are experiencing? I mean, yeah, yes and no. Um, the seeming increase in, in mental health disorders among teenagers is like very concerning and i think that is probably indicative of of a new kind of stress um that that kids are undergoing as a result of lives lived online so that's that's concerning but i have some cousins who are teenagers i have you know i have um cousins who were recently teenagers and yeah they spend a lot of time on their phones but they also spend a lot of time with people and doing stuff and kind of goofing off and, and being sort of like present mm-hmm. in the world like i'm not sure how long how alarm i should be about all of this like is this really kind of a, a general issue defining thing that is going to have altered this group of people for for the worse in the long term or is it yet another another change in, in social life that every generation has and that in the end, um, it'll probably end up a wash? 
John, what about you? What did you take from this? And did you feel like it related to the lives of teenagers, you know, some of them <laughs> live in your house? Yeah, well, I do. Um, I think it related in some ways and didn't in others. I And I started uh, thought about this for a long time and even um, particularly related to your work with bullying, just the way in which... They, if you go down the wrong road with social media and you're looking at all the fun your friends are having or they're posting about a birthday party that you weren't invited to and everybody looks so happy and, you know, their best selves and you're alone in your house and you're angry at your parents, it can get pretty dark pretty fast. And so it exacerbates those feelings that I remember from being a teenager and makes and as I connect my own recollections with the power of imagery, it seems to me completely possible to um, to really feel like you're incredibly alone and insufficient. You're already primed for those feelings. A lot of people are in high school anyway. On the other hand, and I definitely notice in my children that there's not as much like getting together and hanging out as when I, I mean we came home after school got off the bus and like played football all afternoon or built forts um right. or just did stuff outside you know some of it was highly highly dangerous but we just did stuff outside all day long um and i'm and i'm it really was, like unstructured and just yeah like, happened, and it was wonderful right? and you had yeah. to and it had all the benefits of play uh, that people write about. On the other hand, I hear my son playing collaborative video games over uh, the internet. In other words, not couch collaborative games, but um, where you're all playing together and you're in your different houses. And <laughs> A, it sounds incredibly fun. B, it is getting together with a larger group and a more diverse group than I think you probably would be able to get together with physically. A, just because of the numbers, and then B, because they are people from different cliques in the school where I don't know that they would all get together for like a group thing, but they would for a couple of hours or sometimes for nine straight hours well into the morning. And that seems, though, the games they may be playing uh, might be uh, ones we could have a discussion about. The fun that they're having and the collaboration and the joking around and all that stuff, it sounds incredibly healthy. And the barrier to entry seems actually to be, it's great. It doesn't matter, you know, sort of what you like, whether you're the athletic kid or the artsy kid or whatever. It's it, The playing field seems pretty level. And so that all actually seems to me to be pretty good. Obviously, you don't want them like indoors all day in a windowless room. But, um, you know, because they have activities in school, that mitigates against that. So in that sense, I think it's actually healthy. I mean, the other, you know, silver lining or positive element you can bring in here is that if you live in a place where you're having trouble finding people you connect with, like maybe you're in a rural area, maybe like you're just interested in some weird thing that other teenagers don't think is like cool or don't get, you can go online and you can find a community. And I think that can be like bolstering for some kids. Totally. But I really do wonder about this loss of like hanging out, um, which Jamel, maybe your cousins are luckier than my kids, but I think my kids do have much less of that than I had growing up. And I mean, it means they're physically safer. That is true. And this is always a problem that parents wrestle with, that when we look back at our own adolescence, some of the most formative experiences are not things our parents knew we were doing or would have wanted us to do, or things that like confronted with, you know, are you going to let your child go get in this car without knowing they're going to be okay afterward? Like your answer has to be no. But on the other hand, part of growing up is having the freedom to 
take some risks and make some mistakes. And we just seem to have lost our a lot of our elasticity about tolerating risk for kids is just like gone. To me, this did seem familiar, and I especially worry about the consequences for girls. When you hear girls talk about their social lives and their self-perceptions right now, the way in which the kind of fake but compelling presentation that you can do online, I just feel like for me as a teenage girl, that would have been so hard to deal with. Because part of how you survive adolescence is you just don't think about all the things you're not invited to and aren't a part of. And if you're, if I had been confronted with it on my Facebook feed, I think I would have just like, I don't know, it would have been really tough. We suggest that listeners go read Jean Twangy's article in The Atlantic for themselves. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Bye, Slate Plus.